You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Hola. Welcome to episode 75 of Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latinx mama, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Nah, B is our motto. Segments by the supernatural bear, he's nine, going on 49. Um, go down right after the main section. But other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. Today we have a random hero, Eric Huerta, quasi-undocumented, neighborhood metiche. We get into the life cycles of activism, what quasi-undocumented means for him, This amazing term, and you find out what it is. Maybe some of you, especially if you're in the activism space currently, you know what this is. We all know them, but I didn't know this name, Mactivist. (laughs) We get into that. And also, I couldn't tell this, you know, I have people on that have impacted my life and my journey here over the years in L.A., and I couldn't tell that story without having um, as many people as possible from L.A. Eastside Block, because that's why I... I learned um, about a a lot of areas in the neighborhood, um, a lot of different stories, and met uh, amazing people such as, you know, a random hero here. So we definitely get into that, how, you know, our trajectory was, excuse me, at Lake Eastside Blog. And then, you know, as we evolved, we also made it to... um, LA Taco back in the days when it was mostly, you know, telling the folks what was going on around in the neighborhood. We get into, you know, uh, I can't wait to taste his LAUSD coffee cake. He also made a vegan version. We talk about his podcast and also his bike rides. He does bike rides. He does like a taco bike ride. And uh, he's talking about doing a donut one. That sounds amazing. So, yeah. Um, as always, we have the main section, then the Supernatural Bear, then the outro, and, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. But before we get into it, we have a special shout out to Brian Liu for his donation, his support 
of word to your mama. Muchísimas gracias, Brian, Lou. I don't know how you got here, how you found us, but thank you. Thank you for loving it. Thank you for supporting it. And thank you for your donation. That shows me you believe and we appreciate it. So shout outs to Brian, Lou. All right, let's really get into it. Give me the cues so I can. Oh. All right, now I hit record. Okay, okay. Nah. So let me. <laughs> we were recording, but not on both ends. Um, let me just say, how, how como estás? Have you been? You know, I haven't. I, we interact online, but I haven't seen you and had a conversation like this. So, have you been, man? Like everybody else, just hanging on there, right? You know, blessed to be healthy, blessed to have like a job that lets me work from home. Being at home is. It's comfortable, you know, we don't have too much of a, of a bad situation with neighbors, but it's the hood, you know, it is what it is. And yeah, just really, just really fortunate to to be in a space that I'm in with my partner, yeah. Marisol, right? That Shout out Marisol. we're not struggling like we would have been if, you know, things were different. And I know like a lot of the other folks are. Yeah, which, you know, it's a good, good point that you bring up because I was, you know, let me go. Let me see if he still keeps up with his blog, you know. <laughs> and then one of the things you wrote, um, you wrote something. I think the last entry was from like 2020, and you were yeah, talking yeah. about how it, the the pandemic, the lockdown, could have impacted you differently if you were in another space. Yep. If you were like a little bit earlier on, right? Where you have to be out on the streets because in wondering if you were going to have to, how are you going to pay rent? And mm-hmm. you're going to have to be forced to be out in the streets working and all that stuff. Like a lot of our people, uh, you know, the black, especially the black and brown communities, yep. they had no choice. Lockdown what? You got no choice. You got to go out there, pay the rent, pay the bills, right? This is yeah. that, that's the, the situation a lot of folks found themselves in for better or for worse. And yeah, I, you know, I was a service worker once I was out there doing a lot of these like front facing customer relation jobs, uh, jobs that require you to physically be somewhere to do the labor and then you bounce. So it, it would have like, yeah, it was like maybe five, seven years ago that I would have still been in that same boat and it would have been a completely different picture. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, to think about like how far, just a couple of years like that could impact you in such a, a a different way. And so, you know, if you if you do the research and you look up um, a random hero, uh, <laughs> you have yourself listed as quasi undocumented. Mm-hmm. Say more. Say more. So I, I wrote quasi because. I know I got that word from something I was reading. I was like, oh, that's a good word. I'm going to utilize it. (laughs) But basically, I was trying to find a way to be descriptive, right, of this ambiguous, this middle space of of, uh, both uh, a literal and existential identities. Because I came here when I was seven. You know, my family, we we came over from Mexico. Uh, The first place we ever lived in in the United States was Ball Heights. And happy to say I'm still in the neighborhood. And, And then, yeah. I had a pretty universal experience of being, you know, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico uh, in L.A., right? You know, working, going to school, trying to figure all of that out. And now, you know, come 2012, the president, after being put, President Obama, uh, was pushed to basically pushed against the wall to do something on immigration. Because ever since he got elected, 
they were always saying, yeah, like, you know me, I got you. We're going to pass immigration reform. That's why I asked you to vote for me. We're going to get it done. And it never got done. And he was already on his way out the door. So folks pushed them against the wall and be like, look, man, you promised this and you got to come through for the community. You got to do something. So they pushed them all the way so that he had that executive order, which is called Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And it's just a really government way of saying uh, this is going to be like a temporary situation that gives people who are undocumented and meet the very specific quali- qualifications they ask for uh, a permit, uh, uh, a work permit. And and the priority to not be deported by ICE, right? We could still get mm. deported if they catch me riding dirty or fucking up. But if I'm just going about my business and I get caught up in the system, then I'm not a priority. So that's why I was trying to come up with this way to describe that ambiguous yeah. status, right? I'm here. The government knows I'm here because I gave them my address. I pay yeah. my taxes. They gave me a social to work. But I'm also not a full citizen or not even a full uh, legal resident yet, right? So mm. in, in that quasi-undocumentedness, I was like, that's a good word. And then yeah. and, and it also has the same effect that, uh, that kind of sparked the, the question is like people read that and be like, what do you mean by that? Can you explain it? Yeah. And then they get to hear your story and, and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I went back to the post before the last one. It was in 2019. And I want to read it and see if you, you know, if this still resonates with this. Your life and thoughts while living in documented America. Mm-hmm. Um, I know and understand the, that drinking the haterade is hella toxic for one's health. And I constant question whether I have any say in how the current immigrant rights movement of the people that I came up with back in the day. Almost none of them are active in the immigrant rights movement for a bunch of different reasons that equate to life moving forward. Those that are still a part of it fall into two extremes. They either become like too radical for the mainstream or have chugged the entire jug of Kool-Aid that makes that makes you cringe. Unfortunately, unfortunately for the movement, those Kool-Aid chugging levas <laughs> have placed themselves in positions to make decisions and tend to be in front of the camera at every possible turn. Dang, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Be, and I'll have a link to all this stuff. But it, and before that, like this was I think this was the last paragraph. But before mm-hmm. that, you were saying like, you know, we were talking about early before the mics were on about those kids. And you were like, oh, the kids, they don't know the struggle of all the shit. You're talking like the old man, like it is. they didn't walk the miles. They didn't do the shit. Angry cloud shaking here. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's a very interesting space to reflect on right for for like the way you just described my experience coming up right and learning about different social justice movements and actually getting to meet and talk to and listen to elders who were in those spaces back then and are fortunate to still be around be around and supporting and you know just spreading the word in general I learned that folks become bitter really fast for a lot mm-hmm. of different reasons, right? I can't say why, but I can assume because of my own experiences, it's just life happening, right? Yeah. So that that's why I was like, there, there's two sets of folks that are on two solar opposites, right? And I think it's more much, much more visible now in today's political climate to see how far left or how far center left or even right people are with their politics, right? Because I think social media for sure provides that ability to be more expressive and put it all out there. But I think more people are feeling themselves and 
are more inclined <laughs> to wear it on their sleeves, right? When we're out and yeah. about. With the, and even kind of like say, speaking to it when when we go to specific events or places even we choose that to go and are proud to say we don't go there, we don't support that, right? So for me, it, it's it's it's... It was a, it was just trying to reflect of like what does that mean because I'm I'm I don't think I was in either space I'm not like completely to the left where like I'm saying like you know burn this shit down and anarchy in the UK <laughs> but I'm also not trying to like run for city council or like have a title to my name I'm like I I, I think I explained that on social media once I'm like I'm just a complicated dude like with a complicated <laughs> life trying to live an un- uncomplicated life right just yeah. do me just like yeah. take care of me my folks my family and go to go to my job while i listen to my rap music <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a meme sometimes like that but so but after all these years of struggling i was like man i just want some stability and some simplicity so you know i can figure out what to do from there yeah for sure. And and it's also like, especially talking to younger generations, like my, my, my niece and my godson and like my niece is all in it. She's like at UCLA. She's like, you mm. know, part of the Latino organizations and the indigenous organizations. And I was like, I remember that feeling, you know, and then when you graduate, you're like, hell yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> but then you get into those spaces. Like I remember going into the like, you know, Mumia 911 and all those activist mm. spaces. Oh, this is amazing. But then you see behind the curtain, you're like, this is fucking the same bullshit as any other industry, as any other yeah, fucking yeah. office building. And then you're right. Like, I was like, where do I fit? Because over here, it's fucking communist, full blown <laughs> like communism over here. And over here, it's just like, oh, the facade says one thing, but they're really just fuck boys. Like, mm-hmm. what? It's always like, oh, you, I become disillusioned. Like, you're just like, oh, okay. It's all fucked up. <laughs> it is. And, and, and you know, the, the added layer of you're, you're in a space where, like, you're talking about really, like, heavy, powerful stuff that's fucked up sometimes and can trigger you, right? You still got to level and navigate that space of human interaction that we're, we're all in, right? That we're all coming into the same space because maybe we're sharing a general belief or we're coming together for a reason, and and then after that maybe we're completely different people right and yeah. and that's to say too we're and that's okay we're yeah we're it's fine to come how you are i think it's what you do with that that's what says more right because like you said there's fuck boys but sometimes they're called um activist right <laughs> that's the, what that's the, the new term that's the term that, the latest that was the term. term as i was introduced to it of like the dudes the cis hetero dudes that go to these movement spaces I, uh, they're probably down, right? Because they know about it and they have to be able to speak the the lingo and the causes. But they're also more preoccupied with you know trying to hook up than like fight <laughs> the power. Yeah, <laughs> I love that shit. I've never heard that. That's amazing. But that makes sense. That worked back then. I'm sure it worked back in the fifties and forties. Like it oh, all. Yeah. There's always a activist. Yeah. <laughs> there's always. I, I mean, it it it, uh, it becomes the community where they're in that. They become labeled that way, whether they know it or not, right? Because the stories <laughs> get their around. face or behind their back. <laughs> yeah, everybody talks, and everybody sometimes everybody talks in uh, in the sense of like, be careful with that person. Yeah. Right. You know, watch yeah. out for them because this is what they do, or the sister told us this is what happened, or there's a history of this happening, right? So, yeah, it, it's it's that 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 circle of like all of us in a space trying to figure it out and sometimes being assholes to each other. Yeah, for sure. And it's also, 
looking back at those times and you looking back at those times when you were young and you were fight, you were fight for you. I think it was also probably another level of being different because you were an activist for something that directly benefited your impacted your life. Right. But it's also as time goes on, we, everyone in the movement grows and evolves. Right. Yep. So you're like the gung hoes and the and then you learn or you're like fuck this I can't do it like it's it's not made for everybody like you you're like in it for a second or or you know or however long whatever however yeah. life takes you and yeah. I think it's super interesting to think like well everyone's in their own little map <laughs> the road map <laughs> of like you know gung ho disillusion fuck this you know whatever yeah. um it's, it's, it's interesting it's a it's a weird transition and it, it, it's these last couple of years has been weird to see it like in a front row kind of see kind of way mm. so right so for me with with my group of friends in my age group and in my communities it started as soon as i turned 30 like 30 was like the the countdown that started for some reason that all of my friends started like getting married they started uh-huh. like putting down payments on houses uh, they started having kids, sometimes all three. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, damn, y'all are like out here investing. Adulting. <laughs> yeah, nesting, doing all these yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm over here just getting drunk, riding my bike, you know, <laughs> going to my little job, going to the comic Listen book Listen to hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Doing a lot of what I couldn't do before because yeah. that, that stability from working at a nonprofit wasn't there. I suddenly had time and a little bit more money to be able to go do the things I hadn't had the opportunity to do. And I took full advantage mm. of that. Yeah, as you should. Fuck it. You, des- you deserve it. Yeah. So let's talk about how we met each other, like how we know each other. <laughs> and, you know, when I started when this this is supposed to be a blog and then it turned into this right during the pandemic. <laughs> and then when I started, I was taking the doing the list. I was like, who, what, who and what things really impacted my journey in, in L.A.? And God give it up for L.A. Eastside. Yeah. Oh, geez. Shout out. Hopefully the identities that we are talking about will will come on here. But it's like full respect. So I believe that's how we met. No. Yeah. So we formally met at the L.A. Eastside blog back when blogs were the thing as a mm, collective mm. Of folks that were all doing their own thing, right? You as an artist putting some things out there on the side as well. Myself, at the time, uh, starting to get more uh, involved in being the neighborhood metiche for Bull Heights yeah. and putting <laughs> and putting just what I saw was happening um, out in the social media world and on blogs. And but before that, actually, I realized I did I had met you before at Crew West. Ah, back see. when like this is a couple of years ago like obviously we didn't know each other yet but i was looking through some old photos and i saw you doing a mural for it was a crew west event where they were doing something related to the the will i am not the will i am the will smith oh movie. legend yeah i am i am legend movie oh yeah. you were the- <laughs> <laughs> i was like since back then Shut up! And w- did you stay the whole night, or were you were you there during the day, or were I you? I think at- I went through the day, throughout the day, you know, because there was like a whole festival vibe popping off. There was like yeah. it was a cool event. There's a lot going on, and and I think I was I was there with a the girlfriend at the time, so I was just like checking it out and then bouncing to the next thing. Yeah, so that that I have pictures of that. I'll post some of that. That's funny because 
he asked me, he's like, you want to do a live battle? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, everyone's graph artists. Like, I don't do that. Shit. He's <laughs> like, it's cool. He's like, we'll give you a four by six canvas and we'll have DJs and shit. And, you know, it's for this movie and da da da. I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, I guess. And I was like nervous. And I was like, shit, people are going to be all up in my space. And so I just put my headphones on and just like did my shit, Listening right? To that ghost face. Go, exactly. <laughs> you know it to be true. Was listening to that ghost face. And then, um, it was like first, third, second, and first prize. And they did at night, right? And I was like, I ain't getting shit. If I get anything, it'll maybe be third just because I'm one of like two girls that mm. were there, maybe, you know, like a pity thing. Mm. And you're like, you're getting money. And I remember like, I think like Telemundo and like stations like that were there. And then they called me, I won second fucking place. Hey. And I was like, you see me? And I'm going, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm like all in the camera. And then I, it was hilarious. And then they wanted to interview me, and I was like, mm, "My, I'm not as fluent in Spanish, but I will try." Ooh, I'm so happy. I don't think there's any footage of that, but I, I'm pretty sure I could bet you money that I, every other word was "como se dice." Um, yep, you and me both. Because I was, I was gonna say like, I'm using this money to pay my business taxes or something like that, and so I was like, I don't know how to say that. Estoy pagando los impuestos de mi negocio. <laughs> I didn't know that shit. So I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> so, so that, oh, that's amazing. And then, and then LA East side. And then, um, remember they would have those amazing, like vegan tamaladas. Yeah. That, that oh. shout out to El Chavo and Chimatli, the, the folks behind the East side, LA East side yeah. space who, you know, kind of like Voltron called us all together to assemble. Yeah. And behind the scenes, you know, getting to know everybody personally on a one-on-one on -one -on -one level at these hangouts, they shared their food with us, which is like some of the yeah. best vegan food that at the time I ever had, right? Because I was completely new to that. Yeah. The tamales were amazing. Yeah, it was super good. Um, shout out to them for bringing a lot of us together. Like I still, you know, you and I still, uh, you know, maintain contact on the socials. Yeah. And um, Jeanette, I'm still with her, you know, still yeah. in contact with her. Cindy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a good network of quality people. Um, so, yeah, good shit, man. I, I um, really look back on that kind of what we were doing back then. And obviously, you know, like when we look back on things and, and we reflect on them, we're like, I, I wish I could have done that better. But I'm like, I, I was just happy to be part of it, honestly, because I think I was probably one of the youngest people on there. So I was like just learning and listening from all of y'all and seeing all the dope things everybody was doing and the amazing discussions that were happening in the comment yeah. section about yeah. how like somebody would share something and then folks would come in and maybe share the opposite view or share a similar view and, and drop in their experience, right, in their details. And yeah, I mean, we we were written about in the L.A. Times. We were out there talking shit for all the things. <laughs> and like, it, I mean, and I know for sure with some of my stuff that like report, papers like the L.A. Times would send reporters to see what we're doing, like right to look at our website and then be like, oh, that's a good idea. We should write about that. So I know <laughs> Jack for sure I've, I've influenced <laughs> a few things here and there. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. It was before its time. And then I remember the battle towards the end with that other place we will not mention. And, you know, it's just like, what's really East Side? And I learned a lot because I'm not originally from L.A. And mm. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So it was, I was living in what people assumed was East Side, you know, like Silver Lake. <laughs> um, and so that I learned, I learned so much from all of you guys, you know. And also, it was a good reflection 
good time. I was a, at a good age where it was a good time to reflect on what I was posting because I was just mm. posting like my thoughts and just like, I think it helped me to think about like, what does it mean to be, you know, Latino, Lat you know, Latina, Latinx, Latina, however you want to phrase yeah. it. But it was like, am I enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not fluent, but I got these experiences. I look yeah. like this. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that having that discussions, the discussions, like you said, the comments and with everybody, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't like how how violent Twitter can get. Like, it, you know, it didn't get there, you know, so it was nice discourse. It was pretty friendly for yeah, the most part. Yeah, given the times <laughs> we were in, not not as many people were online in these spaces as they are now. Yeah. But yeah. I feel you on that, right? Because I think now, if you were to ask me about that kind of stuff, it's like whatever you, however you identify, however you're comfortable, that's cool. That Like, you know, like Nirvana yeah. says, come as you are. Yeah. You know, and everybody has to figure that out for themselves. But yeah. at least on my end, I've learned to be a lot more welcoming of others. And and even though, you know, I'm Mexican and, and that sometimes is like the dominant narrative out there for for Latinidad and, and being and being an immigrant. I try to, you know, as as I've learned to to understand that I am a male, even though I am a Mexican that I still have some other privileges as others and I should shut up and know when to shut up and let others, you know, take the space. Yep. That's, that's definitely what the at minimum, the past five years I'm learning. Like, like you said, Oh, you want to be labeled that. Okay. I'll respect that. Cause it's not me. Yeah. Like what the fuck does that have to do with me? Like, how does that impact my life? If no you want to be called such and such and such. But I will say, if someone says they're Hispanic, that's a red flag for me. And I like to <laughs> I was like, keep my space. Are you from Florida? From <laughs> exactly. Texas? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing. But anything else, it's like, so, I, you know, it, it, I just got asked this recently for something that it's going to come out next month, I think. And it's just like, how do you identify? You know, what's your... Culture, how do you identify culturally and ethnically and stuff? And I was just like, well, you know, when I put what I do, I try to put, you know, Latinx, Lat mm, Latinet, mm. to be inclusive so that you could, you know, that it's, you're welcome in the space. But when it's one on one, I'm like, I'm Latina and that's cool. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I wasn't born in Mexico, but. I don't say Mexican American. I just say I'm Mexican. I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's you just, own it. yeah, it's just different, different places and different spaces. How you like, you know? But I want to be inclusive. I don't want to be like that old broad that's like, nah. Like, do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? No, the the art of code switching goes a long yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk about something super important. <laughs> The L-A-U-S-D coffee cake. Hey, <laughs> the perfected recipe of, of my adulthood. You know, that's so why I started doing tell it. Tell the people actually. who, who, are, who what is it? So I, I started doing this L-A-U-S-D coffee cake because before the pandemic hit, I found the recipe online. Somebody shared it. It's like an actual like microwaved like Xerox copy of the original recipe from the 50s. Mm -mm. And I was like, cool, I'm going to keep this in my pocket. You know, when I get some downtime, I'll, like, I'll make it. Right. And then we got all the downtime we could ever ask for with the pandemic. <laughs> so I was like, for, like, that's that same uh, week that the whole city, you know, like pretty much the whole country went into lockdown. I was like, cool, let me bust out that recipe and make some coffee cake. <laughs> and in the, when, like, after that first time I made it, I was like, oh, man, this is good. Like, from now on, 
whenever I'm invited to a party, to, you know, a potluck, a housewarming, lo que sea, I'm going to be that dude that comes through with the LAUSD coffee cake. <laughs> Your so, signature dish. Yeah, that's my signature dish. <laughs> right? And and that's that's actually what what's happened, you know, now two years later. And things are a little bit better. Uh, it's, uh, it's the 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 calm before the storm because apparently at the moment we're recording this, another surge is coming from Europe. That's the word on the street, yeah. But yeah, I, I, there's been a few gatherings already. I've brought it over, and it's a really addicted feeling to see people eat it, and then they <laughs> light up their eyes with their, and they do that those expressions <laughs> with their faces of like. Mm. <laughs> this is so good. It tastes just like the way like I used to have it when I was school. And and yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. The it is the the recipe for coffee cake that LA USD used to give us back in I don't know how long ago, but as far back as the 50s for oh, wow. for breakfast and for lunch and for later on what was called nutrition. And yeah, it, it's just a memory seared into the back of our brains it lives rent free right that memory of this coffee cake <laughs> and honestly the first time i made it and i was going through the ingredients to make sure i had everything i realized okay now i know why my brain has this thing living rent free there because it's it's at least like three cups of sugar like there brown sugar and granulated white sugar <laughs> so i was like wait wasn't i watching like some discovery channel thing that says that cocaine and sugar activate like the same neurons in our brain so that's why we become addicted to it i was like all right i guess that's why like it left such an impression but yeah. it's um it's you know it's something i make every once in a while folks have asked me like you should start slanging coffee cakes i was like ah, I, like that's a lot that's a commitment like i just tried making two batches the other day one regular and one vegan and even that I was saw that. that was more than enough for me to handle <laughs> two is the most don't ask for more yeah well, i don't have enough next pants time. for that if if we end up having, you know, depending on these numbers, uh, maybe the next round post, I don't know who the fuck says, you know, what's going to happen. But if we do have an L.A. Eastside reunion, mm. you know where your job is. Best believe I'm bringing that uh, the <laughs> vegan and the regular one. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. ¿Alguna vez ha estado listo para sentarte y disfrutar de la televisión y luego te das cuenta que no sabes lo que quieres ver o incluso dónde empezar a buscar opciones? Cox Contour TV te facilita esa decisión con el entretenimiento que amas, todo en el mismo lugar. Mira televisión en vivo, programas en demanda, grabaciones de DVR y música. Todo con el sonido de tu voz con el control remoto de Voz Contour. No solo encuentra los programas que estás buscando, sino que también brinda recomendaciones de romance, aventura o simplemente películas y disfruta. Si eres fanático de los deportes, captura la acción de golf y baloncesto que has estado esperando y obtendrás los puntajes, estadísticas y resúmenes en tiempo real en la aplicación Contour Sports. Y si te gusta la transmisión, solo dilo para que lo veas en tus aplicaciones de suscripción favoritas como Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus y más con Contour Stream Player. Obtén más información en cox.com barra contour. Um, okay, so let's talk about your podcast. 
Orale Boy Heights. Let's talk about it. What do you do? What it is about? All Orale. that good shit. Yeah. So similar to you, I think I had this this path of you know being at LA East Side, you know, writing, being a community spaces. But I, I also, you know, you were doing your thing in the arts. I was doing my thing in journalism. So for me, I think it was a much more direct path to end up where I am now, right? Because I that was Same. that's my bread and butter. That was my job. That was also it is it was and is my job. And it was my passion. Not so much anymore because now I know how to de- differentiate and like separate that because mm-hmm. my work isn't exactly journalistic. And but I still have those tendencies. Anyways. <laughs> I, I continued on that path, writing and blogging on a personal level, on a community level, and then social media came around, so it made it easier to do that on Facebook, to do that on Instagram with pictures, to do that on Twitter with pictures and words, and yeah, eventually the homie Nico from Espacio eighteen thirty nine, they they had the the radio space there at the mm. store, and then excuse me. <laughs> the fucking kombucha <laughs> it's working <laughs> they had this space at their store for you know internet radio and they're like yo we're, we're trying to like open this space up to other community members would you want to come in and have a show so for a while i was like cool man like thank you for thinking of me but i got enough in my plate with like the at the time i was having one regular part-time job at multiple like you know um contractor jobs so mm. i had my hands full and wasn't really thinking about that but he kept asking me like he would ask me every once in a while when i'm hanging out at the store for an event or just you know buying something you know that space is still there like let me know if you want to come through so eventually i was like fuck it let me come through let me like start a show <laughs> so i just did like like anything else right i started writing down ideas for the title like what am i gonna talk about what kind of show format it's gonna be uh getting into specifics like am i gonna need to buy recording equipment right how much Mm. time do i have at espacio how can i book guests all that producer level stuff that nobody really thinks about when they think about starting something so i started doing all of that but uh, thankfully espacio had all that equipment so half the battle was already done for me i had just (laughs) i just had to show up you know learn how to use what's there and take advantage of it. So I did. And that's where Orale Bowl Heights came from. Came from. It's just uh, the idea. The original idea was just to kind of reflect what I was doing already. Which is write about the neighborhood. Talk about what's going on. Have people on the show and interview them. To talk about what they're doing in the neighborhood. With like current projects, past projects. Or just general history. And then, you know, like, like a year into it. I was like, this is kind of too limiting. Because... The you know the neighborhood's not that big, so <laughs> eventually I am gonna run out of people like to, to talk about and what's going on. So I was like, let's just, fuck it, I'll just do whatever I want. I'll interview whoever I want. I'll interview all the homies, like whoever wants to come through, whoever has a book project or whatever to promote. Like, come on through, right? It'll make for good conversation. And yeah, it's been four years now that I've had the show going. And nice, you know, to help keep it that long, I, I balanced it out where I only recorded and interviewed like once a month sometimes a little longer mm, right like mm, during mm. the pandemic i didn't record for a few months but yeah i try to keep that on a balance so it doesn't become you know another annoying thing that's something i have to do right i, I, I yeah. really enjoy doing it i enjoy talking to people the little process i have of you know doing research and writing the questions and then rewriting the questions and from those questions being able to create a, a narrative right that'll guide the overall mm. larger discussion 
and and genuinely just getting excited to hear what people are going to say when I ask them these questions and they talk about their projects, right? Because for, for us as hosts of podcasts, our job is to get folks to talk about themselves. And, yeah. you know, once we ask the right questions, there's no stopping them. Exactly. And, and, and I think it's also um, to your advantage that you're a journalist, you know, like I'm not, I just was like, I write some questions. Sometimes I don't even ask them. I just have some <laughs> shit. And it's just like, I just, I just want to have a combo. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I think of something all of a sudden. Oh, burr, burr, burr. Like, nah, you know no pressure. Like, no pressure. You got to yeah, use like, the, the situation because then pressure kind of like gets in your way. And then you're too, you're you're focusing too much on one thing when you could have taken the conversation in another direction. Exactly. I like it. easy breeze, magic exactly. fucking easy breeze. I mean, because, you know, I have dope guests, so it's pretty easy. OK, so let's get into questions and comments from the audience all right all right let's see what's one thing you wish people understood about la and that's from our former la east side colleague cindy <laughs> what's one thing i wish people would understand about la i think like any community any city right know that if you are new to it, you're probably going to experience the tourist side of it, the surface level of mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And that only once you're there, if, you, if you're committed and you're going to stay there and you're respectful, right, of the communities of your, that you're in and acknowledge that and look for the, the, the stuff beneath the surface, right? Mm. The dive bars, the, the dope hood food spots, mm. the, the cultural communities and centers that make up every different community of L.A. or right that you'll find those in due time if you're connected to the right people otherwise you're just going to spend most of your time out in like west hollywood or something or like yeah. highland highland park which you know this has gone through a lot of changes and you can be stuck on york you know going to all these expensive bars and stuff or you can find the hood places that are still there yeah okay on, uh, another question from cindy is where would you take someone who didn't know la on a bike tour Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, I also ride my bike a lot. I'm one of those people that used to do that up until a few years ago when the job dictated that I needed to be driving more. But before that, I was on public transportation and bike all my life. So I've I've gotten a good lay of the land of what's safe, right? So in terms of like if I want to take somebody with me, depending on their riding level and their comfort, I could take them around town safely. But mm. there, there's a few rides up my sleeve. There's a, a mural ride, a mural nice. ride of tour of murals in East L.A. We can do that. There's a taco ride that I just did last year for downtown L.A. That was fucking delicious. I don't know I why. I saw it took that. Me, took me you so long do that to shit again. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were thinking of either doing the same route with the same spots again or doing another ride with different spots. Right. Because we can just go anywhere in the city and like make a little route of different places we can head up. I was talking to the homie about doing a donut ride. Damien. Ooh, Let's go get some donuts. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there's no shortage of rides that we can go to to anybody that comes through. That'd be dope. Um, I'm, I'm now I'm going to ask you about the um, oh, your significant. I asked your significant other for any questions or comments. <laughs> But uh, I got, um, can I respond in memes? <laughs> <laughs> That's the love language. 
Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I go send me some, but you know, um, I'm sure you sure you know. I'm trying to find because I usually have it already. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready for the not so rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions? Pew pew pew. Readies. Okay, three words to describe yourself. Uh oh shit. Bailo tango masco chicle. Dururu. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've received? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> Super real. fucking simple. Super fucking simple. <laughs> for everybody like me, shut the fuck up is good advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that that carries on to any personal oh, work. My God. Yeah. Any situation. Well, the, shut the fuck the, up. One of the times that I I took that as like you're right was when the the homie from LA East Side, uh, Jerry. You know, we were talking about a, a food spot that's just for locals in the neighborhood. And he was telling me, these are the kind of things you don't talk about or blog about. Right. Because mm. we don't want fucking other people to come in and mess this up. So shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I love that shit. Straight to the point. You don't have to think about it. It was like, boom, right there. The forefront <laughs> of your mind. Next one. The song you play to get hyped. What is your hype song? Oof. Right now, fear. I live in the city. Living in the city, that shit gets me hyped up. Okay, I'm gonna add that, and in the show notes, you'll be able to click to our "Word to Your Mama" podcast guest hype song playlist. Yeah. We'll add that to there. Hell and yeah. I was looking over it this past weekend, and I was like, pretty eclectic. Yeah, pretty eclectic. I bet. Yeah, it's pretty eclectic. I mean, it's kind of hip hop heavy, you know, but. It, it goes a bunch of different places yeah. to the right and to the left, which is awesome. Some so I'll the, add that. Those L.A. punk vibes. Exactly. Okay, final question. What will be your legacy? <laughs> oh, shit. That fool said a lot of things. <laughs> 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 I've, I've given thought of that so much is this during this pandemic, right? Because uh, it sucks. A lot of people have passed away. A lot of celebrities yeah. have passed away. Yeah. And then... People start having these conversations about who they were as a person and who they were as an artist, right? And mm. and most of the time it doesn't add up because we we first got introduced to them as the artist, and then we learned how much of a shitbag they are of a person. And I was like, man, that's that's a conversation to have, like something to reflect on. So I I I started thinking about that, like what what legacy is, right? Like I'm not I'm not having kids. I'm good with that. Uh, all the stuff I've done in the internet will probably only last a couple of years. And I've been interviewed for research, like in academia, I've been in a documentary, Dumb. but it's, it's only if you're looking in those specific spaces, right. That will, you'll find like this, this fool Eric Huerta once said this, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, you know, just another blip in time. <laughs> Crazy. Well, Muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and have this convo with me. Hell yeah. It's great seeing you and you seeing you out in them streets um, with Tried. the taco on your shirt. Oh, and then also after LA Eastside, we went over, both of us went over to LA Taco yeah. at the time when <laughs> it wasn't like deep journalistic stuff that they were doing. It was just like, nah. what's happening in the neighborhood? Graph stuff, like... 
art galleries, tacos, yeah. right? Like yeah. putting out the the vibes out there of like this is LA, like from the perspective of folks that that are out there, right? Yeah. So you know that's a trip. I I, I first started contributing to LA Taco in two thousand seven. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was looking recently, like, when was, does it still up there? And I saw some posts from like 2011, but I was mm-hmm. like, it was earlier than that. Cause it was around the same time, right? It coincided or was right after LA East side. And I was like, oh man, that was a good time. Cause I think that thing, someone else posted about that event that we met each other or we were at, at yeah, the Crew West, yeah, that yeah. thing. Right, yeah, the, yeah, the they promo posted post that. of like, hey, this yeah. is happening on Saturday, Friday, whatever. That's how you knew what details. was going down. And yeah. I man, I miss those times because it was I, I talked to the homie Irwin, shout out to them who were they were in that in that space at the same time. They're a photographer. Right. So we talk about like the old days of when like the art mm. walk was just barely getting started. Uh, Who yeah. West was still on Winston. Like all this stuff was happening at the same time. And I'm just like, man, that, that was another time where I was like, man, I'm glad I was there to at least be a part of it. You know, I may not have been in as deep as others, but I was there. I could say I was there getting drunk, you know, on Spring Street. Yeah, those are those are good times. I do miss that. It was like a bunch of stuff happening. A lot of, you know, uh, you know, of our people. Shit was going down. It was kind of like what you kind of had to cut some stuff off of the the list of things itinerary for the night because it was just too much shit. Or you'd get drunk over here and you're like, fuck it, I can't make it over there, you know, and it's like. Those are good fucking times. Yeah, and when yeah. I, you know, when I talked to Man One or whatever, I was like, man, you, you, you did something amazing right? at that space. It's like only changing now that it. they're gone that we really realize what was going on there. Always happens, right? When it's too, too late. Um, yeah. But you still write for Ellie Tucker? No, the, you know, I still anymore? write once in a while when, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. my day job and other, other responsibilities aren't okay. the priority. And you, most of the time I'll write something that, that for me is like something I'm passionate about, right? So yeah. in the last couple of years, I wrote about this Swami in South Central closing down. That actually mm. got me an award. I was like, hell yeah, that's dope. Like, dope. You know, I was just writing. Eyes. Right, thank you. I, I wrote about that because the homie's dad had a shop in there and they told me about it. And then I was like, cool, let me see if LA Taco wants to do something with this. And, you know, we published a story. Um, the homie out in Bell Gardens también put out a comic book. So, you know, lifting them up and what they're doing. And yeah, wow. any anytime it's the same as my podcast, right? Anytime I can put others on to the homies doing awesome work and, and their projects, I'm all about yeah. it. Yeah, that's dope. Okay, so you're still on, still on the roster, still on the mask. I'm on the Slack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, did y'all see this? You should write about that. <laughs> <laughs> amazing well muchisimas gracias i appreciate it and um you know i'm so looking forward to the numbers going down so that we could have this get together because i need to try this i didn't grow up with that cake but i can only assume i need to try this cocaine high you <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> you won't disappoint it y'all won't be disappointed <laughs> gracias and now introducing Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural, Supernatural Bear. 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 Hello, everyone. I am the SNB16. And today, if any of you guys are new to the show or just don't know what I'm into these days, because, man, family, I haven't seen you in a while, um, this is essentially what I've been doing. Creator Film Facts. 
SNB loves to have fun on Roblox with his friends, make high-quality Scratch projects on Scratch, and help create epic shows for the next generation of kids. He loves Transformers, Scratch, Marvel, Star Wars, and customization. These are some of the current shows that he is working on. Adventures in Rome, a story about five unlikely kids created by a god-tier being who must fight the forces of evil and protect a future Rome. LTS Gaming. Three epic gamers having fun playing games, doing challenges, 1v1s, PvPs, and so much more. The Weekly Film Fact. Posted every week, The Weekly Film Fact is a... Uh, a fact about a film. Every week. Transformers Battle Planet. The war has weighed heavily on the Autobots and Decepticons as it explores all that is more than meets the eye. And finally, Transformers Origins. It explores the origins and backstories of all our favorite robots in the skies. Till all are one. Shibby-doos! Yeah! There you have it, folks. Episode 75 of Word to Your Mama in the can, in the box. It's a wrap? I don't know. Um, but how great is El Random Hero, the quasi-undocumented? I can't wait to taste that coffee cake um, and to hopefully have a L.A. Eastside reunion. And maybe, you know, they'll be so gracious as to, to make some tamales, even if it's not, you know, tamale time. That would be amazing. Quality peeps, man. Quality peeps. And I'll have links in the show notes to anything we mentioned, but especially to his Twitter account because he's fantastic on there. He's a fantastic follow. He's pretty funny and uh, also always, you know, bringing light to a lot of different issues. He's a nice mix. You know, he's he's. He's uh, multidimensional, like a lot of us are. So definitely check him out. Support, support, and support. And if you're listening to this and it's still not April 30th, then if you listen, you go ahead, listen to episode 74 if you haven't, to find out how I got involved with the uh, Web3 community building event for marginalized communities going down in L.A. at Avenida Studios, April 30th. Hola, Metaverso. Uh, there's still time to register, folks. Still time to register. If you want to go to holametaverso.io and register and put discount code hola20. That's right, hola20 and get 20% off. Yeah. And if you're going to go, if you're going to attend, hit me up because I'm coming into town to, you know, help set up and to be a part of the event on, on the 30th. So come through, come through. And as always, thank you so much for the support. Um, you know for sure this podcast, by now you know that it's part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Um, super proud of that and, and super grateful for that. And you can, um, you know, donate like Brian Lou. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you can um, buy something from the store. We got some enamel pens from the little man that he designed back in the days. A Voltron pen, super cute. Uh, what else? You can become a patron. You can buy us a whiskey via buy buy me a coffee. Um, and then something that's free, two things that are free. You could leave reviews on Spotify. You could leave star reviews on Apple. You could leave star and leave comments. And then um, for free, for free is tell your folks, tell your peeps and tell your friends. And as always, we reap. 
Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritz B. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know anything about Word to Your Mama, including Media Kit, go to wordtoyourmama.com. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritziperiwinkle.com.